1: Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Philadelphia Eagles are commonly
0: discussed as a team that could draft Texas running back B. John Robinson. But what if I told you the Washington Commanders are just as likely? That and more coming up on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in Commanders fans of the Locked On Commanders Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. This is your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders. Please subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast, So you always get the latest episodes when they drop. I'm David Harrison, credential member of the media covering your Washington commanders for commander country, a part of Sports Illustrated's fan nation. You can find me there, here, or on Twitter at D Harrison82 or text me anytime at 202-760-2644. Thanks again for making locked on commanders your first listen or view of the day today and every day. And a special shout out to the everydayers out there. I'm hanging out with you five days a week talking, Commanders. So I appreciate those of you who hang out with me as well. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. If you've ever dreamt of becoming an NFL GM, then this game is definitely for you. To download it, just go to ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the App Store. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to your franchise when you use the promo code LOCKEDON in all caps in the game store. A preview of Phase 1 of the Washington Commanders season program starting Monday and a mock draft to help us explore the latest development in NFL draft projections. And that's the fact that Washington is just as likely to draft a running back in the first round as are the Philadelphia Eagles. Anyway, that's according to FanDuel NFL draft prop bets. Texas running back B. John Robinson is the only back right now being discussed as going in the first 31 picks of the 2023 NFL draft. This year's first round only has 31 picks because the Miami Dolphins had to forfeit their first round pick this year, pick number 21, because they are cheaters and they got caught. Cheating, trying to steal Tom Brady away from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, two off seasons ago, and the fact that Bijan Robinson is the only running back projected to be taken in the first round is a little bit shocking when you consider that he's also the third best player on Daniel Jeremiah's top fifty prospect list uh, according to NFL.com. So the top running back, the third best player in this draft, is the only running back uh, projected to be a first round draft pick because there's a huge cavern of talent between Bijan Robinson and the second guy. But we haven't talked about him a whole lot here on the program because there's not a lot of people that have running back as a dire need for the Washington Commanders roster. They don't have it as a top need, and there's just not a lot of projections that Bijan Robinson will be drafted by the Washington Commanders at number 16. That's not to say that has never been projected. There have been some mock drafts out there uh, that have sent B. John Robinson to Washington at number 16. But more, far more we see cornerbacks, we see offensive linemen, uh, occasionally, we see a quarterback, but Bijan Robinson, kind of the minority uh, in that field. Instead, usually it's the Philadelphia Eagles that are taking Bijan Robinson, usually at pick thirty, or more recently, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have become a popular landing spot for Robinson. The Dallas Cowboys have even become a spot with uh, with Tony Pollard coming off of that injury. Ezekiel Elliott, a free agent, um, at, at being brought up there as a possible landing spot for uh, Bijan Robinson. But the truth is. His projections are really all over the place. When you dive into mock draft database, who takes all the mock drafts that are put out there by websites, small and large, and kind of circum or kind of collects them and collects the data and kind of sorts everything out uh, for us, this last week alone, the last seven days uh, since our last mock draft Monday episode, Bijan Robinson has been mocked as high as sixth overall to the Detroit Lions, or as low as thirtieth overall to the Philadelphia Eagles. And the consensus has him going 26th to the Dallas Cowboys. So the only thing that everybody really agrees on is that Bijan John Robinson is a first-round prospect. He's got a 93.7% uh, projection rate in the first round. That means 93.7% of mock drafts being collected by a mock draft database have B. John, B. John Robinson being selected on day one. It's just a matter of, is it going to be top 10? Is it going to be bottom two, right? According to FanDuel Odds, though, Washington Commanders, who have plus 1,000 odds, which means if you put $100 on Bijan Robinson to get drafted by the Washington Commanders, and it happens, you win $1,000. They're just as likely to take Robinson as the Eagles are. They have the exact same odds. Both are plus 1,000. The favorites are the Atlanta Falcons at plus 300. That would be at pick number eight, while the Cowboys, Texans, and Chargers all have odds that come in between the Falcons and between uh, the Commanders, who are, again, tied with the Philadelphia Eagles. And that's interesting because, again, the Eagles are kind of the team that everybody kind of points to and says, yeah, that's probably where B. John Robinson's going. Now, the Atlanta Falcons, Aaron Freeman, host of the Locked On Falcons podcast, has been doing a lot of rallying for the Falcons to draft uh B. John Robinson to help out young quarterback Desmond Ritter. And really, when you look at it, he wants them to draft Bijan because they've got a young quarterback. Well, so do the Washington Commanders. Now, the Washington Commanders, I would say, have a better running back situation heading into the draft than the Atlanta Falcons do. So I think that certainly uh, kind of impacts things. But with the bottom Line means really is if you look at these numbers you look at the data and you believe all the numbers in the data then if the eagles and falcons pass on him in the top 10 so if the falcons go corner uh some people think they might go quarterback i don't know but or and if the eagles pass on him inside their top 10 pick uh which again usually the eagles are taking him 30th overall in these projections then the commanders basically have a free shot at bijan robinson if they want him but should they want him well Here's why it couldn't make sense, right? You've obviously got a young quarterback uh, getting ready to take the reins of this franchise. Now, Sam Howell's going to get first crack at being the starter this year, but even if he doesn't hold on to that job, let's say he loses out to Jacoby Brissett, we all know if Jacoby Brissett is the starting quarterback for this team this year, honestly, anything outside of just a dominant Super Bowl run that's not really led by the defense, like if, if let's say the Commanders won the defense or won the Super Bowl with Jacoby Brissett, but it was really the defense that won the Super Bowl. We're still going to be talking about this team potentially taking a quarterback in the first round next year. So bottom line is you're talking about having a young quarterback leading this franchise in the next year two, maybe it takes three. Who knows? Antonio Gibson, number two running back right behind Brian Robinson, for the most part, once he became healthy again, has been struggling with injuries the last two years of his career. He's played through a lot of them. The toughness is there. Definitely no shade to A.G. whatsoever. But the injuries are there. J.D. McKissick is no longer on the team. Uh, Jared Patterson probably coming back at a later date. Uh, Jonathan Williams is back. But again, you kind of need to balance out uh, the, the potential for injury struggles there in the running back room. And if you bring in a guy like B. John Robinson, you do two things. You free up Antonio Gibson to be more of a receiving type back, which we saw him do a good amount of last year and certainly had some electric moments. And you put less between the tackles pressure on Brian Robinson Jr. Right now, if you have B. Rob in there, you can pretty much bet that the run is going to be mostly between the tackles. He does have some edge ability and showed that during his rookie season. And if AG is in there, it's probably a kick out. And if it's up the middle, it's not a huge threat, right? Plus most of his fumble injuries or issues. Antonio Gibson's that is came from running, trying to run uh, through the line of scrimmage. So there are some reasons to support why the commanders could take John Robinson. And bottom line is it's smart to draft a running back every single year. doesn't mean you have to draft him in the first round though. Right? So the question really is here. Okay, you have some reasons, but you could justify those reasons to say, okay, well, let's take one in the third round. Let's take one in the fourth round. There's a, there's a good amount of running back talent. So is Robinson really worth it? Like, does Robinson alone elevate the pick at 16 to where the commanders could take a running back? Well, if you ask Daniel, Daniel Jeremiah of NFL.com, I guess we talked about him just a minute ago. Number, third pl- or number three player on his top 50, Jeremiah says, quote, Robinson is a three-down back with excellent size, vision, and burst. In the passing game, he's a fluid route, fluid route runner out, out of the backfield, boasting excellent hands. Overall, Robinson has all of the tools to quickly emerge as a top-tier running back in the NFL. End quote. Top-tier running back. You're not talking middle middle of the road. You're not talking bottom of the league. You're talking Nick Chubb. You're talking Brandon Jacobs uh, from, from – or Josh Jacobs, sorry, from one year ago. You're talking Derrick Henry level of production. Daniel Jeremiah believes that Bijan Robinson could be that guy. If the Washington Commanders believe he could be that guy, you can certainly believe that they would have an interest in him at number 16. Now, Kay Adams on her Up and Adams show recently said about Bijan Robinson, quote, this is a guy that can change the entire complexion of the offense. Now, here I'm going to paraphrase a little bit, right? Especially with the way this kid can catch out of the backfield. There's a lot of talent in this team's roster. She wasn't talking about the Commanders here, but she was talking about a team in that roster. But I think the recipe for winning the division is not having their young quarterback drop back 50 times a game. Now, that roster was the Buccaneers roster. That young quarterback was Baker Mayfield, who, yes, he's on his 14, but he's still relatively young. Or Kyle Trask, they have a quarterback battle going on uh, down there in Florida as well. If you look at it, there's some talent on this roster. They have a young quarterback. The winning solution is probably not having their young quarterback throw the ball 50 times a game. You can say the same thing about the Washington Commanders. So if Kay Adams believes that about the Buccaneers, she probably believes it about the Commanders. The difference is the Commanders have Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson. The Buccaneers, they have Rashad White. Rashad White showed some promise. I would say Brian Robinson showed more, uh, plus the Commanders have two. So it's an interesting dynamic, and it really just comes down to how much do the Washington Commanders, and I'm talking about Ron Rivera, Martin Mayhew, and all the talent evaluators, and Eric Bieniemy, feel like Bijan is this generational talent running back that can literally change the game. If they believe he is the way that Daniel Jeremiah does, the way that K. Adams does, then you could see the Washington Commanders decide to pull the trigger on taking uh, B. John Robinson to join Brian Robinson in their backfield at number sixteen. In fact, if that could happen, it's going to impact the rest of the class. So, what would the rest of the class look like? Well, it's Mock Draft Monday, so you know that's what we're going to look at next here on Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day and we're going to do that thanks to our friends over at ultimate football gm today's episode is brought to you by ultimate football gm you've heard me talk about this mobile game and if you've ever thought you would make a good nfl general manager then you've got to give it a try when you play ultimate football gm you are in charge of literally everything the stadium the ticket prices the coaches the doctors the scouts the players of course you start off with the worst roster in your league you have the number one overall pick and you've got tons of cap space so you can make a decision who do you want to keep who do you want to get rid of Make trades, make hires, fire people, improve the standing, whatever you want to do. All of it's going down in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline, so you literally play it wherever you are. Locked On Commanders listeners, you get a 100% free boost to your franchise when you use the promo code LOCKED ON in all caps in the game store. That's LOCKED ON in all caps in the game store, so make sure you check it out today. To download the game, just go to ultimate-gm.com or look it up in your app store. That's ultimate-gm.com. and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Thanks again for making the Long Talk News podcast. First listen or view every single day. Every day or tomorrow, we're talking about the dark horse bid to buy the Washington Commanders that may complicate things just a little bit for Josh Harris's group. And Monday is the beginning of phase one of the offseason program, so all eyes are going to be on Chase Young's arrival, assuming that he does arrive. For now, we're going to focus on to a different hypothetical, one involving the Washington Commanders drafting Texas Longhorns running back B. John Robinson. Now, I'm going to do this two ways. So let's go very straightforward, the first version of this. No trades, we're just going straight up. Number 16, the Washington Commanders take Texas running back B. John Robinson. Now, what's interesting is when we get to number 47, no other running backs have come off the board since we took Bijan Robinson, which is incredibly interesting because it really just illustrates how big the talent gap is between Bijan and the rest of the pack. Now, on this board is Jameer Gibbs out of Alabama, is that number two running back? So again, if you're the Washington Commanders and you believe that that talent gap is that wide, that he's the only back taken in the first forty-seven, fifty picks, maybe of the NFL draft, maybe that inspires you. To go ahead and roll those dice here. Again, following that simulation, number 47, we go ahead and grab cornerback Julius Brents out of Kansas State. Number 97, we get guard Chandler Zavala out of NC State. And at number 118, we get edge Isaiah McGuire out of Missouri. So the rest of this class, we got Julius Brents. You're looking at a cornerback that can come in, and from day one, he can play an impact role within this defense. Can he play in the slot? Potentially. Can he play outside? Potentially he can do a little bit of everything he's a guy that this washington commander's defense can really kind of come in starting with the rookie mini camp kind of test his abilities test his physicality test his athleticism and say okay we feel like he probably projects here the best come into their actual mini camps and ota workouts and training camp with some sort of a plan to really kind of test out that mix that combination with kendall fuller benjamin st juice their other dbs playing behind him and around him and really kind of see I promise you julius brents would make an interest or make an impact in year one, offensive lineman Chandler Zavala out of NC State at number 97 uh, could be depth up front at first. I think at the at the minimum, you're going to make it very, very interesting on that interior offensive line battle. You got Andrew Wiley coming in. A lot of us have him penciled in as the right tackle, which would move Sam Cosme in to, you know, feasibly the right guard position. And then you've got Andrew Norwell on the left hand side. Of course, you have got Chris Paul, who a lot of people are kind of wondering to see if he makes a, a giant step forward. You bring in Chandler Zavala and you've got a competition now for that spot that Andrew Norwell is currently penciled into. And if Chandler Zavala can prove some things early on in his career, perhaps he gets a crack at making the starting five on the offensive line. Number 118, Edge Isaiah McGuire, depth player, backup, defensive lineman, uh, pass rusher type guy. A lot of power in his game, which is a little bit counterintuitive, kind of what Chase Young brings, more of a speed type of guy. And I think what you're talking about is developing a guy, if you need him, with Montez Sweat and Chase Young's contract situations being what they are uh, next season, so some good players there in that in that draft class. Everybody's got kind of their preferences. Some of you already hate the idea of just taking B. John Robinson number sixteen, and that's fine. But remember what we talked about, right? According to mock draft database, B. John Robinson's average draft position is number twenty six, not sixteen. It's ten picks later, and if the if the top ten passes, we really don't have to worry about the Cowboys, Chargers, and Eagles because the pick that the Washington Commanders have is ahead of those guys. Now, they could trade up, certainly, right? But that's quite the leap if they're going to trade up. So the Chargers really have the next pick after the Commanders that could really make this happen. That's pick number 22. Pick number 21, belonging to the Miami Dolphins, is the pick that they forfeited. So that really means we need to go back. If we're looking for a trade back, you can go as far back as 20 and potentially be safe. Now, if you go to 20 and the Chargers want them, they may trade up to number 19. That's a whole other what-ifs type of scenario. But basically, the best-case scenario is you trade back to 20. You get some draft capital. You're still in position to pull the trigger on drafting B. John Robinson. Worst-case scenario, you're still going to get a really good player at the 20th pick. So here is version 2, right? So version 1, we got B. John Robinson at 16. But here now in version 2, we're going to make a trade back to pick number 20. And in this version, we're talking targeting the Seattle Seahawks. Now, the best way for this to happen would be if they don't take a quarterback with their first first first-round pick, which in this simulation they did not. They took uh, Will Anderson Jr., the edge defender out of Alabama. So now here, if Will Levis or Anthony Richardson, the quarterback out of Kentucky or Florida, respectively, were to fall to number 16, then maybe we get the Seattle Seahawks to pay a little bit to jump up to 16. Pay a little bit of quarterback tax here. You get 20 and 83 for 16 straight up. The points are a little bit lopsided in the commander's favor, But again, because the Seahawks are trading up for a quarterback, they're willing to pay that tax. And now at number 20, we get Texas running back, Bijan Robinson. Now at 47, we took cornerback Julius Brents 47. We still get him there at 47. 83 is really where this version changes, and that's the pick that we didn't have in the original version. And here we grab linebacker Nick Herbig out of Wisconsin. Now he's listed on a lot of draft databases as an edge rusher. Got it, but his physicality, his style of play, size, dimensions – All of his traits really translate best uh, to playing off-ball linebacker in the NFL. The good news for the Washington Commanders is they don't necessarily have to push him right onto the field as a rookie. You can get some time to really work with him, and and next year, or maybe even the year after that, he can potentially develop into your starting off-ball linebacker in the middle there next to Jamin Davis. Number 97, we still get Chandler Zavala, and number 118, we still get Isaiah McGuire. Now, I could have flipped it. I could have said, well, at number 47, Julius Brent is still there, but now let's go a different direction. But I wanted to show you basically what you get in this situation if you stick and take him. You're still getting some very good players. Even if you're not in love with the idea of taking a running back, you're still getting a very good cornerback, a very good offensive lineman, and a good edge rusher to develop in case you need a replacement for Chase Young or Montez Sweat. Uh, In competition for James Smith-Williams, feasibly, uh, there to be that backup or to be that starter replacement if it were to come to that and then in this other situation if you can execute that trade you grab him a little bit later given his average mock draft position and you grab yourself another player at a position of need and finally we see the Washington commanders address the linebacker position in the NFL draft so if the, if any of these situations either of these situations were to arise these NFL rookies could be joining the Washington Commanders, even Bijan John Robinson, and all of them, regardless, all these guys are going to get drafted. They're going to be at rookie minicamps here in just a few weeks. But Monday, this Monday, today, as you're watching this, if you're watching this on the day it premieres, if you're listening the night prior, then it's, uh, then it's tomorrow. Some current Washington players are going to be in Ashburn to participate in the first phase of the team's offseason program. That's coming up next on
1: today's episode of Locked on Commanders. Hey, guys, it's Joe Marino. And you can listen to alternate routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. There are some
0: Washington commanders who need to report for the first phase of the offseason workouts. And there's some that honestly simply don't. Now, let's, let's be clear on some things. What did the first phase of the offseason program really mean? Well, you can do meetings. You can do teaching. And you can do workouts, weight room workouts. You can you can do, you can do some conditioning. You can't do practice, basically, right? You can't throw on pads. You can't go out there and get in a formation. You can't do any one-on-one drills, anything like that. It's really just kind of basic physical and mental conditioning for the NFL season. So uh, it's going to be very, very important, obviously, for this team, not only because they're trying to get over that hump and become a playoff squad. Uh, once again, I mean, the, the division title, uh, you know, playing with house money the way that Coach Rivera it when that happens so trying to earn a playoff spot versus benefiting from being in a weak division you know a couple years ago um on the offensive side of the ball obviously very very important you've got a new offensive coordinator and assistant head coach and eric b you've got a new quarterback coach you got a new offensive line coach uh, as of as of the time of this recording the official offensive line coach has not been announced yet but you've got a lot of changes there on the offensive staff um, so you need to get as many of those guys in there as possible but there are some guys who honestly could kind of skate on getting by and some guys who need to get in there a little bit more than others. So that's how we wrap up today's episode. Two guys who need to show up for phase one of the offseason conditioning program and two guys who, if they do, it's great. But if they don't, it's not the end of the world. First off, first guy who needs to show up, it's defensive end Chase Young. It's got to be defensive end Chase Young, right? So obviously he was there. For his, well, he wasn't, and the phase one for his rookie season because he was wasn't in the NFL yet, but he was there for rookie minicamp. camp. But he doesn't really have a choice at that point, right? But the first year he has the choice of being at the facility early May. Um, he chooses not to, right? And look, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a tr- it's a traditional, it's a voluntary portion of the offseason for a reason. And there's nothing criminal, there's nothing wrong about a player opting to not show up and opting to do other things that he feels are better for his situation. So that's what Chase Young did. Took a lot of flack for it. Got a lot of questions in the media. Didn't really appreciate questions in the media, but he answered them um, and went on and so forth. Now, suffering the injury on uh, in his second season, came back last year. He was in and out, but for the most part, was around during training camp, during all those things. And it was nice to see Chase Young around. A lot of people were appreciative of it. This year, the fifth-year option is the question. There's a there's a deadline on this thing that's coming up here in a couple weeks. The Washington Commanders have to make their decision. Ron Rivera's already gone on record. Saying that the health status of Chase Young and what they see in his workouts and you know how explosive he is in the weight room and all that stuff is going to make a difference on whether or not they pick up that fifth-year option. Well, they can't see any of those things if he doesn't show up. So if Chase Young doesn't show up on Monday, pretty much makes the decision for them, right? Now, if he does show up, it doesn't mean they're going to pick up his fifth-year option. But if him showing up is the best chance he has of the team picking up his fifth-year option. So Chase Young absolutely needs to show up for this portion. Plus, uh, again, he hasn't been a super consistent part of this defense in over a year uh, because of how long it took for him to get back. He needs to get back in the mental track, get back in the room with the guys, get into the meetings, get into the film room, right? Who doesn't need to show on the defense? Well, defensive tackle Jonathan Allen. I mean, he's been working with Jack Del Rio since Jack got here. He's been a solid part of, of that defense, and I'm talking just him as an individual. not as a leader, I mean, let's be honest, guys. The team wants everybody to show up. Right. So when we're talking about who doesn't need to show up or purely selfish, purely individualistic standpoints that we're saying they don't need to show up. And that doesn't mean that John Allen doesn't show up. He's being a selfish person. It just means that I'm not worried about John Allen if he doesn't show up for the first phase of the offseason program. Love to see him show up. Would love to see him show up. Kind of expect him to show up, to be quite honestly. But if he doesn't. I'm not going to freak out about it. Who else needs to show up? Obviously, quarterback Sam Howell needs to be in the building, in the room, and you fully expect him to be. He was at Eric Bieniemy's introductory press conference. Certainly didn't have to be there for that, yet he was anyway. Uh, no concerns that Sam will, in fact, be there, I'm sure, 100% to uh, get to know his offensive coordinator and assistant head coach just a little bit more and start getting work in those meetings and get into the weight room uh, as well. Who doesn't need to show? I don't really have an offensive player because, again, Eric B. is here. You kind of need everybody, man. I mean, the offensive line, I mean, you could say Andrew Wiley because the experience he has with EB, but part of that experience is for him to help be a teacher to the rest of the offensive line. So you need him there. Uh, you need everybody else there, too. So I'm going to go with punter Tressway. Tressway uh, is a guy who he knows the team. He knows the coaches. He knows the staff. He kind of knows what his job is supposed to be. Um, don't want to minimize his contributions by any means. But I think Tressway has proven to all of us that if he doesn't decide to show up for the first phase of the offseason program, that it will be okay. But I do have a feeling that he will be there uh, as well. So that's our little kind of sneak peek preview phase one. Again, it's phase one, it's workouts, it's meetings. Not a whole lot of sexiness going on. So it's probably the best way we can preview this thing. The big name to watch, obviously, is going to be Chase Young. We are going to talk about that tomorrow. In the meantime, I want to thank you for making Lock On Commanders your first listen every day for my everydayers. Tomorrow on the show, we're going to be talking about the latest on the team sale. From Darren Haynes, our buddy over at WSA 9 discussing, and we're going to be discussing arguably the biggest decision facing Ron Rivera between now and the beginning of May. Send in your questions and mock dress if you have them via email to LockedOnCommanders at gmail.com or Twitter at DHarrison82 in the YouTube comments or text me anytime at 202-760-2644 via subtext. We will have a live mailbag episode coming this Wednesday afternoon at 11 o'clock a.m. Try to hit that lunch hour for you guys. That will be our last Wednesday mailbag, however. We're moving it to Tuesday. So kind of looking at the schedule ahead during the season. Tuesday is the day that the commanders don't have practices, don't have functions uh, at the team facility. So Tuesdays will be our mailbag days in season. Might as well make the move in the offseason. So starting next week, Tuesday at 11 a.m. will be our live mailbag episode. This week is Wednesday, so you still have time to get in those questions and mock draft signing off for today. I'm David Harris, the staff writer for commander country on sports illustrated fan nation, credential member of the media covering your Washington commanders, and more importantly, hanging out with all my everydayers five days a week until we speak again. If you're out and about, please be safe, be kind to one another and I'll see you right back here next time for another episode of locked on commanders, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Hey, prime members. You can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on Amazon music